Welcome back to the Generous Life Podcast. My name is Eddie Copeland, and I will be your host for this conversation. Uh, You're in for a treat if you're listening to this. We have our good friend Alan Platt from the City Changers Movement and Doxideo. Yeah, you know, the years 2014, 15, 16 were very difficult years, I do believe, for just the church and the optics on the church uh, because of some high-profile challenges that had taken place. And, of course, the media was having a field day, and uh, it was a very difficult time, but it did bring some wholeness, some wholesomeness, because a brokenness seemed to come into the church environment. And um, just some of the things that might have been, you know, the fruit of uh, uh, some arrogance or pride or or posturing uh, immediately had to make way for a greater sense of humility of uh, just a sense of brokenness and openness and uh, authenticity to emerge. And I really salute uh, the original group of leaders that from different streams and from some of these different gatherings that were already taking place, coming together and saying, you know what, it's time for us to go beyond you know, the, the ego logo paradigm to a kingdom ecosystem. Um, what would it look like if we truly stacked hands, if we truly reached out to each other? What would it look like if we became friends with one another and opened our lives to one another? And this was the amazing thing that we saw happening in that time. Um, just some beautiful, uh, intentional reaching out to one another took place, which really became the fertile soil for uh, this this emergence of what is now called Church United. Not that it started there. I think there was, there was a heart for that long before, and even the vision for that, as you've mentioned, 20 years prior. Uh, But it was that moment, that catalytic moment. And I I think there were two major moments. Uh, The one was when we had to deal with some embarrassment and moral failure that brought something of the unity together. And then there was that moment uh, of the shooting that took place early January um, 2017 at the airport. And... It it was a galvanizing moment because leaders arrived at that scene uh, wanting to serve and engage and help and, you know, uh, be part of it. And that brought a realization to that small group that were actually there. Hey, we're actually on mission together, serving our city. And that opened up the conversation in a new and fresh way to say, what could it look like? If we were on mission together, and I think you recall how even the Miami Herald, I I do believe it was, captured that moment with a headline Mm -hmm. that said, the church shows up. It was kind of a redemption, even in the media, uh, where the church was honored for its engagement. 
I do think that that moment, I, I vividly remember, that was so early on in our journey. And uh, I I remember calling a few of you guys and kind of testing that idea. And I, I just had this kind of harebrained idea of like, what if we just offered to pay for all the medical bills? And we had no idea the the number of casualties or even what that would cost. And and a couple of guys were like, yeah, let's do it. And a couple of guys were like, I don't know if we're quite there yet. Um, and we just sent out an email and we said, and to that time, it was probably 30 churches, 30 pastors. Uh, and we said, hey, hey, guys, look, this is what's in our heart. We don't know what's happening. We're going to get some more information. Uh, but we're, we're, we're thinking about offering this up to the city saying, could we pay for all the medical bills uh, for those that have been impacted by the shooting? And, and I remember that email going out and not even an hour later, you know, response after response after response. We're in, we're in, this church is in, our church is in and going, oh, wow, like there's something here. And right. then I remember taking the check to the Broward uh, Health Foundation, uh, I'm sorry, Broward General, uh, and meeting with their CFO, who was not a believer. And at first, I had to make my way up to that. I said, hey, I have a check for all these people. And, and you know, you sit down, you have to, you have to find your way to the guy that's going to take yeah. the check. And I remember sitting down with him, and he, and he got upset. He's like, what's your angle? You know, I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? Like, I'm like, I'm here to give you a substantial amount of money to pay for all the medical bills for all four, you know, 54 people that were treated as a result of this, you know, uh, tragedy here. And and I said, well, I'm from the church, and he, and he still had an attitude. He said, well, what church? And I and I and I kind of jokingly said, the church. You know? and he says, well, what's that? And I said, well, this was a collection of, you know, the over 30 churches at that time that had come together that says we we want to own the brokenness that happened here. And this is our watch, whether we live in Hollywood or, you know, or in Pompano or in Fort Lauderdale, like this is our home. This is our airport. And uh, we right. just want people to know that their love and their build is paid for it in Jesus's name. And I'll never forget what he said. He says, could you write what you just said on a piece of paper? Because I'm going to mail that to everyone that whose bill is going to be paid. And we were able on Broward General's letterhead to communicate that your bill was paid for in Jesus's name as a result of churches. <laughs> I remember how some of those people receiving that email responded with a reciprocating communication. Just so grateful because this literally was a, a, a godsend to people that could not pay and and it was so beautiful but the best for me was when the media picked it up and yeah. uh, they framed it around this concept of the church shows up uh it was it was such a redemptive moment um and of course preparation for some other crisis moments that were to emerge very short after one another. I mean, the, the, the Broward County yeah. oh, goodness. <laughs> and, and, and the Tri-County had its fair share of crisis moments where the church really shone as yeah. the engager, the first responder to much of those events that, that were taking place. 
It's so true, Alan. And and you know what? As we as we think about the long term impact, I mean, yet yes, we can trace the the history and tell the story of of these big moments. But what I think those moments did, and it, it, at least for me, and I'm sure I could speak for a lot of other pastors, is it captured the heart and the imagination for what's possible when we come together to really put down right. that ego and logo and go, let's own something together. And that's now translated into countless stories that we. We, we don't really talk about a lot because they're just busy happening of one church partnering with another church or this church partnering with that church to love on this daycare or to love on these teachers or to meet these bills. I mean, we, we just had the flood here uh, in, in East Fort Lauderdale here as a result of the, mm-hmm. those storms, but churches that had just quietly come together to say, Hey, these teachers were impacted. Like let's make sure that we get them taken care of or two churches that came together and, and paid the daycare bills for, for, for daycare there. So parents wouldn't have to worry about that. But these, natural kind of point of collaboration. And I think that's the piece that as we look for the future is Church United creates the soil and the groundwork for collaboration to happen. But it doesn't necessarily say, these movements don't necessarily say, this is now what we're going to go do. And I'm wondering if you could go interact with that for a little bit, Alan. Yeah, I think, you know, um, obviously the crisis moments were instrumental in orientating so many of the specifically church leaders and the church at large to what is possible if we did things together. But what really has been an encouragement for me is that as that happened, there emerged out of that conversation a um, grappling with you know, do we just wait for uh, crises to take place so that we can show up? Or could we become a little more intentional in terms of how we thought about being present within the context of our geographical space, the, the context of the county or even the tri-county? And that led to some very refreshing uh, conversations and and intentional positioning of the church, where we started to realize, you know, if we have to think about our our community, uh, the three dimensions of our community, there's a spiritual dimension, and we recognize there's a lot of lostness uh, within that particular environment. Well, there's also a social dimension where there's a lot of pain within the context of our world, And then there is the systemic brokenness of our community. And immediately we recognized that overlaying those three dimensions is the framework that we have so clearly from Scripture to take faith to the spiritual lostness, take love to the social pain, and to take hope to the systemic brokenness. And we started then this conversation as to what does this look like if we were to own these three dimensions in certain ways, taking a long-term view again, but asking the question, if we did it together, not just, you know, what can we do together, but what can we change if we did it together? In other words, an outcomes kind of thinking, can we shift the needle in the spiritual lostness of our region? Can we come together on certain areas where we can see evident pain in our communities? And, and, and how can we rally around that? And 
also then, you know, even the systemic components where it's so beautiful to see how we've got involved specifically in the educational space with schools and, and some of those environments where the church is playing such an incredible role, sometimes very much under the radar, not making a big noise about it, but definitely engaged in such a way that we know it's fundamentally making a difference. And, uh, you know, just to say, Eddie, I was there in the early years where we started to architect this. Uh, right now, I'm just playing a fathering role, but I honor your leadership and the fact that the church has continued to own this particular engagement as we Amen. stand now. Oh, Alan, that's 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 so kind, and uh, you, you've been such a friend, and and also just such a a voice of helping to continue to 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 shape and father uh, not just this movement, but movements globally. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm very grateful for that. But in in so many ways, that early challenge of owning the lostness, the pain, and the brokenness uh, has set us up for that's not just going to be. Pastors United. There's a reason that we called this church. Sure. So yes, pastoral unity and guys coming together and loving on each other and finding friendship is what we need to do in the in, in the church space. But Church United is interesting to me because it's God's people coming together, right. mobilized and deployed. So if you're hearing this and you go, I'm not a pastor, I don't resonate with the Church United kind of narrative or story. I would gently challenge that and go, actually, the Church United story is about you discovering your role in the story that God is busy writing as you represent, yes, Calvary and Christ Fellowship and Riverside and all of our great churches here, but you represent the kingdom of God into wherever your influence and your vocation extends. Maybe I can say one thing about that, because I think you've just touched on an extremely important component. And within the Church United conversation, we've recognized three primary agencies. The missional individual, this is the Christ follower that needs to be equipped. And the person in the pew. The person in the pew. There's a calling on your life, and you need to recognize your contribution within your everyday life. Connecting Sunday's faith to Monday's life is a vital component to this Church United story. And we cannot miss that. And I think that's worth a whole podcast on its own. But then there's also the missional community, which is the church. This is when we come together and ask the question, how can the church build bridges to our community and not walls between us and the community? And so this is all part of the conversation that the pastors are having when they come together. And then there's the third component, and this is the missional ecosystem. This is really where Church United kind of manifests itself in a public way, where we, we uh, do things uh, to impact our community together. But it has these three dimensions to it. And we've always said that from the very beginning, that even the Church United ecosystem will play a role to empower the local church who will play a role to empower the individual. And right. we want to see the energy flow in that direction so that it can truly be a mobilized community across the region 
of people really carrying this vision of seeing God's kingdom being ushered in to different dimensions of our society. I just want to double click on what you're saying here because it's so vital to why we envisioned even 20 years ago an ecosystem that would come together because what you just said in order to see community transformation is a mobilized person in the pew, that missional individual that's bringing the kingdom of God, that's expressing itself in a missional community, which is a local church. And then that together is this missional kind of ecosystem that is church united. But in the NCF world, we have these three pillars, invest, equip, and unite. Why? Because in the pews, our donors in the pews, our marketplace right. leaders, our people that own businesses and show up to work and, and, you know, uh, our school teachers and plumbers and IT professionals and police officers that are better, better, better Christ followers, bringing the kingdom. And then together when they kind of catch a vision for bringing the kingdom, watch out. Like that's when the airport shooting response. And that's when you see the Stoneman Douglas response, a, a mobilized church running towards these spaces. And I just want to emphasize again that the story that we are talking about in Church United or in the Unite Vertical is really part of the larger story that God's been busy writing here in South Florida. Yeah. And so whoever's listening to this podcast, if you are in one of the environments, be it a church or uh, coming together with other Christ followers in whatever expression, be it through a local ministry or through s just some conversation or a small group. If you're hearing something of this conversation uh, about, you know, us making a difference and us playing a role and every individual, you know, being important, recognize also that this is what's being drip fed into the conversations consistently over the last how many years. Um, and this is th what is really owned now, I believe, by Church United and the NCF uh, custodianship to make sure people deeply understand this. So when we're talking about Church United, we're not just talking about some organizational framework of engagement. We're really talking about something of a culture of mobilized individuals, mobilized local church and other ministries to, to recognize their contribution, but also playing well in the sandbox, which is the eco framework. Yeah, that's so good. Been talking uh, with Alan Platt here, uh, who leads the Doxadeo movement globally, part of the City Changers movement as well that's come out of their ecosystem. And for those that you don't know, just to recap, Alan uh, was uh, critical in our Genesis story at NCF. He served as our first chief architect, and we've learned and gleaned so much from him. And uh, Alan, it's been just such a joy to have you and to, to have this conversation uh, that I'm sure will continue on uh, here over the next few weeks on, on this podcast here at The Generous Life. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a delight to, just to be part of this conversation and be part of the journey. You know, I have a friend that says, Alan, I take all the stuff you teach and then I make decent sermons out of them. I think that's the story of your life, Eddie. You took what I brought to the table and made something decent out of it. So we're really proud of you guys. Oh, uh, our hearts leap every time we think about what's happening there. God bless you, grace to you. I give you credit every time I steal from you, but only the first time. <laughs>
Thanks for tuning in to the Generous Life Podcast. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. If you're curious about uh, how do I get involved, how do I learn more, how do I catch future episodes or past episodes, uh, like and subscribe to this podcast, but also visit our website, ncfgiving.com forward slash South Florida, where you can learn more and uh, take a next step to help you discover your role in the story that God is writing here in South Florida.